live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Signal, Mike? I didn't see it. Here you did? Okay, I didn't see the signal. Live from Studio C. C, senor! It's a dimly lit room. You know where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody. On Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Volodymyr Zelensky and the brave Ukrainian people, plus St. Patrick, who, of course, drove the something or other, freed somebody and something people get drunk. It's a culture, not a costume. I'm going to spend all day angry, cussing out people who seem to be, quote-unquote, celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Well, I know you're kidding, but um, it's your attitude. Am I? It's your, <laughs> it's your attitude that I think has driven St. Patrick's Day out of schools. It seems like when I was a kid in school, it was big finish now, Michael. Pop it up here. Just realized I have a very sore throat. Um... Uh, when I was a kid, it seemed like it was a big, big push for wearing green and a variety of things for St. Patrick's Day. You know, putting little things up on the wall and sure, leprechauns and culvert stuff like that. And there's, there's no mention of it whatsoever at the schools now. And I assume it's because of the sort of thing you were just mocking. It's just, yeah, you know, if we, if we focus on that or favor one thing over another or blah, 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 blah. So, Irish people are mostly white people, so we probably shouldn't celebrate that. Well, I just don't know. I was, I, was, I was thinking about last night how less fun so many things are than like when I was a kid. And there's got to be a cumulative effect of that. Individually, you know, on one day, I'm not sure there's that much lost if kids aren't wearing green, you know, uh, you get you get pinched if you don't wear green or or whatever on on stupid little things like this. But you add it all up, and I think there's just less fun in in America now than there used to be. It's just a lot less. I, I would agree. I mean, certainly there's an enormous loss in sense of humor. I mean, the number of people who walk around self serious, ready to be angry and offended at every moment, has gone from you know. One uh, percent of the population, maybe back in the day, to to now more like thirty. I know I'm really, really sounding like an old guy on a talk radio show now, but the fact that uh, you know the St. Patrick's Day and a bunch of other little things that they've taken away from schools and no company Christmas parties because somebody might hit on somebody or what if somebody gets drunk, you know, just all of those things that have gone away over the years, little bits of community getting together and having fun that have all disappeared. I think cumulatively have made us a much less happy people. And you can't ar- you can't argue that we aren't a less happy people. Look at the anxiety and suicide and everything like that. I mean, there's no the, the, the why we got there I might be wrong about, but we're definitely there. Sure, drug abuse, etc. I think these things tend to move in cycles though. There will be something uh, awful uh, that happens, but usually it's something awful. Maybe it's uh, already brewing over yeah. there, uh, you know where. Might, uh, yeah, but- might be going on right now. Then we live through it, and people get out of that and say, I'm not going to walk around all serious and pretending to be pissed off at nothing. Are you kidding? We've just come through something awful. Let's uh, sing and dance with one hand free, as the old song lyric goes. So March Madness kicks off in full today. 
if anybody goes into their workplace and has a bracket and you, they still allow you to do that at work, speaking of things that are no fun anymore, because maybe that has gone away because you're worried about gambling at work or some sort of hashtag <laughs> me too or something. I don't know. Or the very name March Madness seems to minimize mental disorders. But I just heard a story on this. And I thought it was darn interesting. This is the first March Madness where you can profit off your own name and likeness. So the you know the point guard who becomes a household name among basketball fans who becomes a household name nationwide with you know by winning a couple of games with big shots all of a sudden you know your jersey can go up for sale or you do interviews for profit or whatever and you can profit off that in a way that nobody could in the past and then yeah, it'd be, be kind of interesting to see how that plays out well, absolutely. I'm sure there are merchandising companies right now who are hovering over the tournament uh, in person, watching it, obviously, and in person, ready to approach that kid who hits two winning shots and says, listen, we've got some already manufactured shoes. We can quickly put your name or your number on them. We got posters. We got, uh, <laughs> you know, playing cards and coasters. Well, you know, I'm thinking, you this, I'm thinking this through the, the quickest, easiest one, and I could, this would be great. So you get to uh, maybe even just to this weekend. So you got rounds one and two on Thursday and Friday, and then you're into the Sweet 16 already on the weekend. Um, uh, the players that have emerged that nobody's ever heard of, they're in TV commercials during the games. So you're watching oh. one game, and here he is pitching Coca-Cola or something like that. The the kid you just learned about two days ago hit the big shot. That'll absolutely happen, won't it? Oh, yeah, you do a little game footage, run a little game footage if you can. I don't know what the right situation is there, but then have him with a Coke and a smile just looking in the camera. You can shoot that in about 15 seconds. Yeah, dream your biggest dream or whatever it is, you know, eat a, eat a taco from Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> and if that's your biggest dream, well, <laughs> that's sad. You dream Speaking about of being a left fun country. Oy. <laughs> um, let's start the show officially. I got something important to say after that. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, March 17th, known as St. Patrick's Day, the year 2022. New you in 22, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. It's a culture. It's a costume, whatever. The Irish have a sense of humor. Uh, we've needed it through the years. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Vladimir Zalinski, you are so smart. What's the smell? Did somebody fire? No, what? What can you say? Fascinate me straight or gay. <laughs> what is that, Alex? That is what? Alex doesn't know. That is a, a dude a rapping City, at a Texas. Plano City Council meeting in Texas, rapping about Vladimir Zelensky for some reason. Right. So you mentioned uh, the Irish have had to be tough through the years for a variety of things. I think it's being very clear. Different cultures have different levels of uh, toughness at different points in their uh, growth, I suppose. Uh, I don't know how tough a country we are right now, but man, the Ukrainians are a tough people, and they have had a rough, rough history of being uh, rolled over by lots of different people, including Russians, uh, even in the last century. And they are a tough, freaking people. Man, I was watching some videos last night. The people, the Russians, no wonder the morale is so low for the Russians. We need to talk about that big front page story there was in the New York Times about the morale of the Russian military right now, but they roll into a town. A lot of those Russian soldiers allegedly thinking that they were going to be greeted as liberators, as the phrase goes, because the poor Ukrainians were suffering under a Nazi leadership. And instead of, uh, you know, being greeted as liberators, people pop. 
pile on top of their vehicles. Have you seen these tanks rolling through where there's just dozens of dudes in Ukrainian flags jumping on top of the tanks and waving flags and people laying down in front of their vehicles? It's just a, it's just amazing. Right. They, and a lot of these Russian kids are, are draftees. They don't care. They're not motivated. They just want to go home. Right, yeah, that was the uh, part of the point of the New York Times article, and the other part being that they, the New York Times got a hold of the Pentagon estimates for Russian casualties, and they've already lost 7,000 men, is our guess from the Pentagon, and all the different ways that they've taken the numbers, which is more than we lost in Afghanistan and Iraq, as, uh, as long and awful as those battles were. In just a couple of weeks, three weeks, we're starting week four today. In three weeks, they've lost 7,000 people, lots and lots of, of uh, injured, and it's reached a percentage rate, apparently, according to the Pentagon, if you get over 10% casualties, dead or injured in a particular unit, that unit can no longer function. That's the cutoff for when you can still do your job. And they've got a whole bunch of portions of their military stranded in various cities and forests around Ukraine that are, are beyond that number now, where you just you can't you can't push forward and function with that many casualties. Wow. So theoretically, they need to fall back, regroup, uh, reassign, and and then go forward again. Right. Now, Ukraine is claiming they went on the offensive yesterday in one particular part of Ukraine. Now, whether that's true or not, that could be a fog of war misinformation for their own side and good for them. But, um, yeah, Russia has got a real morale and then just reality of equipment and people lost problem. That we'll see how that plays out. Putin gave an unhinged rant yesterday on TV showing that, one, he's got no interest in negotiating. Why do people even talk about that? And two, he, whether he's rational or not, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but he sounds like a crazy person. Boy, I missed the unhinged rant. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, we'll have to read some of the quotes from there. The uh, traitors to their country who care about Fogwa and, and oysters. And talking about the oligarchs who have left the country and their yachts and that sort of stuff. And just, I mean, just all kinds of things that he, he was angry about. Just going from subject to subject. Wow. Hey, Vlad, that's like your guys. That's your support structure. He's a very isolated, crazy old man. How does his mailbag look for the day? Oh, it's it's good. It's got a little of everything. A little insight, a little humor, a little, uh, oh my God, is this person serious? Awesome. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff we need to get to. Our text line, as always, is... 415. Oh, oh, I can't believe I forgot this. It must be because I'm on cold medicine. Got a, a um, uh, survey, study, poll, whatever you want to call it, that changes everything. Changes everything. I mean, oh, this, like everything, everything. This might be the biggest thing we've ever reported on. What? Yeah. Might be the biggest thing we've ever reported on. If you haven't seen this, it was floating around social media yesterday, but we have to get to it as soon as possible because it's so important. It How changed. much cold medicine are you on? It, a lot. <laughs> and it's like 40% alcohol, so basically I'm just a drunk guy. Sure, if two pills is good, six is better. Gotta be, and I'm, I'm more than the average weight, so if you recommend four, I probably should take six. Right. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, and uh, the Fed hiked interest rates for the first time in three years yesterday. We need to talk about the R word. The R word. 
that the media keeps using as if it's the plague or something. Like a recession right. means where half of us are going to die. The rest of us will be starving and clinging to life or something. Relax. Yeah, I know. More on I that later. Between the hyperbole and the misinformation and the bots and the rest of it, I just some some days I think I I feel like I'm uh, I'm in in Chernobyl and the uh, all of the ugliness and misinformation is radiation and it's chewing away at my soul. I hope it's not. I hope there can be some sort of soul reclamation effort, maybe on the weekend. Uh, but yeah, ugly times. Uh, here's your freedom loving quote of the day. Uh, where did you, where'd it go? Oh, come on. I got a sheet full of them. Uh, Oh, there it is. Our freedom-loving quote of the day is, oh, come on, I've got a sheet full of them. I don't understand the, I don't understand the context of this. It's all about asking the right questions. No, here it is. Here's my quote from Abraham Lincoln. As I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This expresses my idea of democracy. No masters, huh? Some of you are way too fond of being commanded. Mailbag. Woo-hoo! You can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Register your opinion, perhaps. Keep it short and respectful. Send along something we ought to be talking about. Note from uh, Nutrod. Nutrod? It's a charming moniker. I love this, though. It's worth reading. Don't tell Biden that we're giving those switchblade drones to Ukraine. He'll bang them on the curb and put them in a water barrel, rendering them useless. Those days, you used to remember the straight race. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. What? No. No. I never slashed people with rusty knives as a child. Wow. The Switchblade Drones, fascinating piece of military hardware. We talked about it yesterday, late in the show. Cool. uh, A little bit more today. And we're giving those to the Ukrainians. Uh, Yes, so it would seem. Yeah, Uh that that, that backs up my my harebrained theory of why Zelensky keeps asking for the no-fly zone and that conversation continues. But we'll talk about that later. Interesting. Uh, Ben writes on the topic of daylight saving time. There's no S, even though 98% of people say savings time. I do. I'm going to correct people constantly and and during St. Patrick's Day, shout, it's a culture, not a costume, angrily at everybody I see Mm. drinking green beer. Uh, These are my two, two practices today. Uh, Moving along, Ben says, if we no longer need to shift the time, then why snub the standard time that Mother Nature created? When my kid grows up, she will ask me why I refer to 12 p.m. as noon, when the sun is in the middle of the sky at 1 p.m. every day of her life. And likewise, ask me why I refer to 12 a.m. as midnight, when clearly 1 a.m. is when the night is half over every day of her life. Is government so arrogant to think? So there's a little more to this, and I can't figure out if this is extremely dry humor or if Ben is serious. So I saw a chart about the whole light, daylight savings time and what, what the, the sunrise and sunset will be like, but I couldn't quite grasp it. So there are some parts of the country where it's going to be dark pretty late in the morning, huh? Some parts mm-hmm. of the year, like 8 o'clock in the morning and it's still pitch dark outside? Uh, yeah, sure, that's possible if you're in, you know, the far, what would it be, west of a time zone? 
Yeah, yeah. But, Ben, the problem with your analysis is the days get shorter, the days get longer, the sun moves south. From our perspective, the sun moves north again. Yeah. And even knowing when it's precisely over you, even within a time zone, unless you're just in favor of like every five miles be its own time zone by like a minute, the sun is not going to be directly over your head at noon, depending on where you live. But, yeah. I've already got my two things lecturing people. I can't lecture them about astronomy, too. There just aren't enough hours in the day. Uh, moving along, Melissa writes, uh, in lighter fare, guys, tonight is the full worm moon, the last full moon of winter. Why worm? Because spring is coming. The ground thaws and worms emerge, according to the Native Americans. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's a full worm moon? Correct. Okay, cool. I'll check that out yeah. tonight. It's just a moon. It's just the moon. Back to There's lecturing no worms us about... on it. It's not full of worm holes. or It's just a reference to the last full moon of winter. It just looks like the moon. Moving along. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, uh, Ruth writes, On uh, my drive to work this morning, they were discussing the St. Patrick's Day parade in downtown Kansas City. Local news mentioned that cities requesting everyone to wear masks when attending the parade, even though it's outdoors. Wow. Even though we're all vaxxed and boosted, I'm just weary of the nonsense. Wow. Got to wear masks to the outdoor parade. Okay. COVID theater. Have got a chart based on a survey that will change what you think about everything. Yeah. I don't think I'm overstating it. I don't think it's hyperbole. You got to stay tuned for that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. St. Patrick's Day is the best day of the year for the worst person you went to high school with. Obviously, it's the day we celebrate the patron saint of Ireland by eating cabbage and corned beef, singing traditional Irish songs, and helping your friend Heather find her cell phone that she swears she has not left in an Uber. God! Wow. Uh, there will be some heavy drinking tonight. Probably. Sorry, sorry to hear that. In portions of the country. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> For St. Patrick's Day. Coming up. In a weird wrinkle in time or something? Comments on the Ukraine crisis from Lionel Richie and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stay with us. Oh, boy. Uh, Kicking off hour two, we're going to talk to Dan Balls of the Washington Post, who's one of the the, the legendary writers of domestic politics. We want to talk to him, among other things, about the, the, the political winds blowing toward us getting more involved in helping Ukraine. And I just I wonder how he reads that. Uh, the standing ovations in f- for the president of Ukraine and the you know the, the 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 rallying around and if that's taking us toward more involvement so more on that later so I promise something that will change everything this this is something we have known for quite a while on the Armstrong and Getty show for years we have known this uh, the best example has been during the pandemic where it uh, became clear that for instance people of the left. Had a what eighty times outsized view of the threat of COVID to children. 
That is correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it explains why we talk past each other on, on so many different issues because we have such different perceptions of, of uh, you know, the base facts. And YouGov did a poll on a whole bunch of different things of what people think is the right percentage and what actually is the right percentage on so many different issues. And this explains policy, uh, why politicians say various things, why we argue the way we do on cable news and talk radio and that sort of thing. For instance, I'll start with this one. What percentage of Americans have a household income over one million? Household income? Household income over a million dollars. You poll the average American, and the average American thinks about 20% of people have a household income over a million dollars. What the hell? The reality is, if you're going to round it, it's 0%. I mean, because if you're going to round it, the closest number to it is 0%. It's like 0.01% or something of households have an income over a million. But because of Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and a variety of other people always talking about as if there are millionaires freaking everywhere not paying their taxes, the average person thinks about 20% of people have an income like that. Another, you know, the, each one of these topics is its own conversation, but it explains so much to me. What percentage of people are transgender? Well, Americans think about 21% of people are transgender. No. Okay, wait a minute. It's actually, this, this too much. It's actually 1%. This doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. I wait a minute. Is this from the Babylon Bee? Who could possibly think over twenty, over one in five people you're going to run in today is transgender? How the hell would somebody think that? If you just live your life sitting in your house watching cable news and sitcoms, what would you think? Jeez, not that, but I think you on. would. I think you, you absolutely would. a solid would. polling organization. I will grant you oh, that. Absolutely. Um, have a household income over a half million. People guesstimate about 26%, so about a quarter of people do. It's actually 1%. So when you're talking about taxing the rich and the rich not paying their fair share and all the, the millionaires are keeping us down, it's because people think about 20% of households have a million dollars a year and uh, another quarter make over 500000 when in reality it's 0% and 1%. Right, so they think it's legions of people across the land who are somehow escaping their taxes. They're picturing, I don't know, 40 million hedge fund uh, guys? I don't, wow. I know this one is true because this is the way I grew up, taking in sitcoms and the news of the, of the day when I was a kid. I was under the impression that everybody was Jewish in New York City, for instance. There's so many people that are Jewish because, you know, why would there be so much talk of... Of Jewish people on sitcoms. Why would there be so much news about Jews all the time? How many? What percentage of people are Jewish in America? People guess about thirty percent. I can see how you'd take that from uh, from the news. It's actually about two percent. That doesn't surprise me at all because I had that until I was probably twenty five. The first time I ever like looked it up, mm. I was under that impression watching TV my whole life. Well, and Mazel Tov to our Jewish friends. Thanks for listening. What percentage of people are gay and lesbian? People guess about thirty percent. It's really about three percent. Um, 30%. This is another good one. What per- percentage of people are members of a union? You know, if you take in, uh, whether it's politics or news or whatever, you, you're, you way outsized influence of, uh, unions. People guess about 36% of people are in unions. It's really 4%. Yeah, wow. What percentage and of the people- number of unionized Jewish lesbians is practically none. <laughs> what percentage of people are vegan or vegetarian? 
Well, as much as I hear about it, it must be about a third, one out of three people. No, it's 5%. And what percentage of them are a pain in the ass? Ask that. (laughs) I think this one is important. What percentage of people are a military veteran? People guess 40%. In reality, it's 6%. It's a very small portion of our society that actually joins the military ever. I'm I'm asking the folks listening right now, are you as astounded by these numbers as I am? I'm starting to think it's time to end this experiment in self-governance. How can you govern yourself if you have such wildly, and I mean like insanely distorted views of of reality and humanity? Well, I'm gracious. I know I had a distorted view on several of these. Most of these I had never thought of. But before I got into the business of like really following, you know, uh, the nation closely, I, I was I was in the camp of the big numbers on a lot of these. What percentage of people are black? This is something that you should you should absolutely know because it factors into policy making so much what percentage of people black people guess 41 percent the reality <laughs> the reality is 12 percent right um well and that's probably the most discussed demographic number uh in america sure and the fact that that has escaped the vast majority of people just shows you how much the vast majority of people know, I guess. What percentage of Americans are Muslim? People guess 27%. Reality, 1%. That's just 27 times as high, so not much. These numbers... Now, I have been generous with my commentary. Joe is not. He's a he's an angry person. I don't know if it's because St. Patrick's Day or whatever. He's lashing out at those of you who had uh, had, uh, had wrong guesses on these numbers. Well, we Irish do enjoy a good scrap. <laughs> but a, a couple of these stand out to me that you're you're just a moron. Well, I don't know. Oh. I wish I wish you'd asked sixteen year old me these questions. What I would have guessed. Well, Although, were they polling children? I was a, an almanac guy. I loved the almanac as a kid. I just freaking right. loved pouring through statistics and and you know learning stuff like this. Thinking, wow, only blank percent of blank are blank. That's amazing to me. What percentage of people live in New York City? Now, you'd think the simple math on this would get you close, but people guess 30%. Oh, gosh. Wait now. When it's no, 30%. there's no chance. No, you I can't to, accept this. You you hang around people who are who are into the news flow. True. Think about the average human who just watches the New York centric media and New York centric TV shows. And never thinks about it any more than that. I mean, you get you get the sense that, you know, well, a third of America is New York because that's all they ever talk about. And everybody seems to live there. I guess, but surely these people have heard of Los Angeles, for instance, and San Francisco, and perhaps even Chicago. And it would be, you don't even have to do any math to realize, oh, man, yeah, there are like a bunch of big cities. Well, I'm just, I'm astonished by this. I don't, you were, you know, you did not oversell this. If these numbers can be trusted, and I still say that it's got to be from the Babylon Bay. Uh, <laughs> but if indeed this is legit, I am so astonished i don't know what to do with the information i need to process it i I teased this as it changes everything it changes everything about discussions of policy and 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 uh well everything no wonder we don't agree on things because people are so wrong about so many different things well and no wonder politics is so dumbed down um but like the one on new york city i would i wish they'd just ask people 
What's the population of the United States? And I'll, I'm guessing the average person is way off. 37. A million billion. <laughs> <laughs> a million billion thousand million. Uh, because if you're going to go with a... I mean, if you're anywhere close to right, you know, if you're anywhere near 300 million, uh, you see, you think 100 million people live in New York City. Okay. Or maybe you didn't think that. What percentage of people are bisexual? See, this doesn't surprise me based on how much it gets talked about. People guess 29%. So people guess dang near a third when it's really 4%. Oh, I guarantee you these numbers about gay and bisexual and stuff like that are correct. Guarantee you that's what people think. If you watch watch TV shows at all, at Mm -hmm. least one out of four or higher people are gay in some way on the TV shows. Right, and there is not a single straight white couple in America. Did they ask that? What percentage of couples in America are straight and white? Oh, boy, I don't know, maybe 2% at most. Probably more like 1%. Um, now, are you sure this isn't a poll of simpletons or people who've well, endured head wounds or I don't know? Four-year-olds? This is sickening. It's shocking. Estimated proportion, then it's YouGov again, which is a legit polling organization. Estimated proportions are calculated by averaging uh, answers to the question. They, they average it to the nearest whole percentage to the question. If you had to guess what percentage of American adults, dot, dot, dot. That's what they asked people. Mm. Um, and then the true numbers come from the U.S. Census Bureau, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, et cetera, et cetera. I think the ones on money are huge for policy in this country. If 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 tw- people think 20% of households make over a million dollars, you have a way different view of taxation and the rich and all that different sort of stuff than if you know the real number which is if you're going to round it 0%. <laughs> I mean it's just very few people have a household income over a million dollars. I think that if we were to clarify that, that would help people understand that issue. But the depth of the ignorance is so overwhelming. Uh, I just I've lost hope. I'm not sure if that was your intent in this segment, but I've lost hope. (laughs) My my intent was to make people hopeless. When you get down to some of the numbers that are closer to right, what percentage of Americans are obese? People guess 56% when it's reality 42%. So that's interesting. People overguess obesity. I'm actually shocked it's only 42%. And I don't know. I've had my eye on that more uh, when I'm out and about. You know, you're at the Walmart, the Target, the wherever you are. And, jeez, uh, we are we are an eaten people. Well, if it's overweight or obese, that number is very, very high. But that's not a bad guesstimate by the American people. What percentage of Americans have at least a college degree? We guess about half when it's really a third. Um, I'm guessing, well, most of the people guessing don't have a college degree, but in their mind, everybody else does. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. Well, so think about it this way in terms of the way it drives politics. The average person doesn't have a college degree, doesn't make a half million or a million dollars a year, but thinks everybody else does. Hmm. Thinks lots and lots of people out there do. That, that is certainly fertile ground for the politics of envy, which you get a lot from the left. Or populism in general. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that the, the idea that you're getting screwed because there are so many rich people out there with college degrees and they're they're taking, taking, taking from you. Interesting. Have an advanced degree. People guess close to 40 percent, 37 percent have an advanced degree. When in reality, it's 12 percent. Hmm. Um. What percentage of Americans are Asian? People guess 29%. It's six. Were they in Chinatown when they were asked? How would you, how would you, how would you, I mean, I have lived in some of the most Asian parts of the country, and I would never for a second think there are, you know, roughly a third of people are Asian. But you're taking, the, the people that are answering this question, most people, they're taking in, all their information through TV and, and, and the discussions that are being had on a regular basis. And they get the perception that, you know, the, the, if they talk about all these things so much, there must be half of people must be gay, Asian, black, uh, you know, um, getting Use, screwed by unionized Jewish lesbians. Exactly. Getting screwed mm-hmm. by uh, all the millionaires out there. Wow. I think it's fascinating. Wow. Well, and, and honestly, the numbers that we've discussed uh, over and over for months about COVID were so mind-bogglingly inaccurate. Oh, my gosh, we need to take a break. Oh, yeah. Um, that I suppose we shouldn't be shocked by how shocking this is. Yeah, <laughs> don't be shocked by how shocking it is. Your comment, 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When my father arrived in Leningrad, he was all pumped up on the lies of his government. When he left Leningrad, he was broken, physically and mentally. He lived the rest of his life in pain, pain from a broken back, pain from the shrapnel that always reminded him of these terrible years, and pain from the guilt that he felt. You recognize that voice as one of the biggest movie stars of all time, former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's put out a nine-minute video addressing the soldiers of Russia, talking about his father, who fought for the Nazis, going into Russia and leaving a broken man, having fought for the lies of his government. Yikes. And uh, and he's appealing to the, the, the Russian soldiers, you know, don't ruin your life the way my dad did, fighting for a lie. That's some heavy stuff. I did not see that coming. Do we have more of that ready? To the Russian soldiers listening to this broadcast, you already know much of the truth that I've been speaking. You've seen it with your own eyes. I don't want you to be broken like my father. This is not the war to defend Russia that your grandfathers or your great-grandfathers fought. This is an illegal war. Your lives, your limbs, your futures are being sacrificed for a senseless war condemned by the entire world. The, I mentioned him being the biggest movie star in the world for, for, for quite a while because that's where he has any heft in other countries. You know, he's known around the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the video penetrates somehow on social media, getting to some people who can tell some people who eventually Russian soldiers hear about it. And again, that New York Times story yesterday about the incredibly low morale of the Russian military right now, you know, any bit helps in convincing these guys, what are you fighting for? What are you doing? 
Yeah, interesting. I'm reminded of the fact that a couple of Russian generals have been lost in the last couple of days. I think one was yesterday or the day before, a high-ranking guy, a well-known guy within Russia. And there are a lot of uh, military analysts who who theorize that the reason there are so many generals near the front lines or on the front lines is that's the only way guys are fighting. Right. Yeah, that's uh, part of the New York Times article on morale. Is that they've had to move their generals to the front in the way that we never do or have had to do because... People don't want to fight. They, they, the, the soldiers are getting there and, and, and meeting the truth and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? That would suggest that the will to fight doesn't filter down very low at all, no which is a disastrous uh, situation for a, a country at war. Boy, that's striking. I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly how many Russian uh, soldiers and, and citizens will, will hear Arnold's message, which is unbelievably heavy. Uh well, maybe some. I don't know. He's doing what he can. I've called him a lunkhead and worse many, many times. Uh, but, you know, nice job, Arnold. His dad went to Russia fighting for the Nazis, also fighting for a lie, and came back a broken man and was that way the rest of his life, is Arnold's message. Yeah, I could see how you're a 20-year-old soldier fighting for Russia, and you go over there, you would you would not be the same the rest of your life if you kill a lot of Ukrainians in the name of a lie. So next hour, a lot of great stuff, including Dan Balls, the dean of Washington, uh, political journalist, to talk about the domestic situation here in the U.S. We'll talk to Mike Lyons about the military situation. And at some point, I want to deal with the whole, I'm a fan of Putin. He stands up for Christianity thing that's rattling around in right-wing circles. Uh, you're out of your minds. If you can't stay tuned for next hour, grab it via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.